Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. When I went down, um, I never thought that, uh, like, nothing that that, that I can uh, not play. Uh, I was just a little bit frustrated because uh, I, I wasn't feeling good. Uh, and then that happened. So, um, but right now I feel pretty good uh, with the result that we have. And uh, uh, hopefully to be back soon uh, than later. We're back live with more Rami McLaugh on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. That was White Sox outfielder and should be more often D.H. Eloy Jimenez after he tore the hamstring tendon right behind his right knee back on April 26th. He underwent surgery on that injury. And today, in case you didn't hear the news, his rehab assignment at Class AAA Charlotte has been ended by the team due to what general manager Rick Hahn described as normal leg soreness. I am Rami Makhlouf. I'll be talking with Vinny Duber of CHGO Sports coming up at 8.20. He covers the White Sox, so obviously we'll be talking about this and that dumbfounding decision by Tony La Russa coming up with him. But the original projection the team provided for Jimenez to return to action was six to eight weeks, and six weeks will be on Friday, and obviously with the setback today, they ain't going to be back in the six-week window. Rick Hahn did acknowledge that this move could set him back from that original timeline, but, and again, going back to what I said about Tony La Russa, man, if you're going to lie to me, try. You know what I mean? Nothing nothing irritates me more than when you lie to me like I'm a five-year-old. You know what I mean? Like when your kid's like, oh, can we go to McDonald's? And you're like, oh, McDonald's is closed today. And they're they're five. You know, their brains aren't developed yet. They don't know. They don't understand the world. So they go, oh, okay, McDonald's is closed. Rick Hahn said he wouldn't, quote, unquote, call it a setback, but more of a technical move to reset the 20-day limit MLB rules places on rehab assignments. Man, if they shut down his rehab assignment and the timeline for his return has been set back, it is a setback. And I know you don't want White Sox Nation to panic, but again, if you're going to lie, put a little effort into it. I'm not an idiot. I'm not a child. This is a setback. This is a setback for the White Sox and for Eloy Jimenez. He may play again as soon as Tuesday, but he's going to need at least another week of rehab after that before re- rejoining the roster. And here's the thing. This this is maybe the most alarming thing about it. He wasn't doing well in his minor league rehab assignment before this. He had a slash line of 235, 316, 235 in six games and told the team 
that he still needed more work to rediscover his timing at the plate. And, big picture, even more concerning than that, this is the sixth time he's gone on the injured list, including in the minors since the White Sox acquired him back in 2017. You you do have to I'm, I'm not start. You've probably been wondering for a long time if this guy is ever going to be able to stay healthy. And if if not, then what exactly is plan B? Because this offense is bad right now. And if you can't rely on Eloy to, to be back soon or or to stay in the lineup when he does come back, because again, six stints on the injured list, and there's there's a trend here. All right, there's a pattern that's happening, and I think I think we all see it. But this offense is really, really bad right now. Yesterday, with Andrew Vaughn getting a rest day, five hitters in the White Sox lineup finished the night with an OPS of 600 or lower. You're not going to win with that with the lineup that has five guys with an OPS of 600 or lower. And two of those were right smack dab in the middle of your order with guys that you depend on to produce runs, especially with the injuries that you have right now and Yohan Mankata and Yasmani Grandal. This offense is just struggling right now. They and they don't seem to have any answers. And the offense, if there if there was a problem last year for a team that ran out to 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 a division win to a division championship last year, it was it was the pitching that carried them there. And there was a question about this offense all season long last year. And then they went completely silent in the postseason against the Astros. To the point where I think some White Sox fans, and I've seen some of this, and you're welcome to give me a call or shoot me a text, 312-644-6767. They don't even, they don't even know what to believe or if they should believe in this White Sox team at any point, no matter what they show this season. Partly because of Tony La Russa, and some of the nonsense like what we saw today against the Dodgers, but also because even if this offense starts to show flashes, is it real? Is it sustainable? Is Can, can they consistently produce runs, or are they going to revert back to what we're seeing right now? Coming into today, they had the fourth fewest runs in all of Major League Baseball. They just can't score runs right now. I do want to say this, though. White Sox fans and Adam Studzinski, you included. I don't think I don't think it's panic time or jump off the ship time. I like I said in the first hour of the show, I do think it's it, it is time for Tony Larusa to go. It ain't happening because he's Jerry Reinsdorf's guy, but I do think it's time for Tony Larusa to go. But even if that doesn't happen, I don't think it's it's time to wave the white flag or give up on this team or jump ship on these White Sox, because Eloy is coming back eventually, so is Tim Anderson, so is Lance Lynn, so is Joe Kelly, like even, even Tony La Russa can't stop this team from getting better when it gets healthier, and I just think that when, when, you, when you do look at this lineup, and when it is healthy, and it is right, and it is clicking, I don't know if, if it's consistent. I don't know if the offense can be consistent or if something needs to change there, whether it's in the messaging or, or the approach 
that they're taking to the plate. And again, that goes back to Tony La Russa, or, or if it's just a, a matter of whether or not th- this offense can be consistent with, and sustainable with this particular group of guys and, and personnel ch- changes need to happen. I think th- this team is and this lineup is talented enough when whole and right that there is still a lot of time to get this thing on the tracks offensively and to win this division. The, the Minnesota Twins are not world beaters. They're, they're not. I still like the White Sox chances a lot in this division, even though we sit under 500 today. And let's not forget, last year the Braves were 51-54. and 54. They were under 500 a hun- over 100 games into the season. That was on July 30th. They go and they make a few moves, and they're World Series champions. Back in 2018, the Nationals got off to a terrible start and came back and were World Series champions. I, I don't I don't think that it's it's panic time or, or anything to get too riled up over. It's hard. It's hard when especially when you see Tony Larusa did do what he did today, but I, I think there's still plenty of time to get this thing back up on the track. I don't know if you can with Tony Larusa. I'm really starting to question that now after I, I sort of backed him up for the first couple of years or first year plus that he was here. But I do think that the talent on this team is still such that there's there's a lot of time to get the course corrected and 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 be be a legitimate contender and a team that can make some noise in October. Are you do you still believe that Adam or or is is that is that faith in this in this team and this organization dwindling a little bit? Oh, I lost faith about a month and a half ago. Really? I pressed Oh yeah. I pressed I pressed eject a while ago. I, really? Oh, well, yeah, because I saw where this is going. I saw that, oh, yeah, they can't hit. Even when they had some of their better players, like, oh, they can't score runs. Their their pitching has been fine, like, over, like for the most part. But, and here's the thing, you know, you say there's plenty of time. Well, the, the Twins are about to take another game from the Yankees, it looks like. They're up 7-3 to three in the fourth. And so if the Twins go ahead and win today, the Sox are going to be 6.5 back. And they're going to be 2.5 back of second place. So... They have a lot of chasing down to do, and the Twins aren't going to stop playing at the level they're playing. Like, they're going to be sitting right around this that that ten game over five hundred area. They're not going to just start losing a bunch of games all of a sudden. They might lose four here and there, but they're not going to go anywhere. You have to chase them down, and I don't think that this team is going to be able to turn it around enough to do that, especially if Tony Larusa is managing them. Uh, that this guy, this he cost them the game today more than Jake Berger's error in the fifth did. I think so anyway, because at that point, Dylan Cease needed to come out. You left him out there to get Hunt out to drive for some reason, even though he was over 40 pitches for the inning. He didn't, he didn't have a guy up in the bullpen until Dylan Cease was at like yeah, 98 dude, we pitches. We haven't even we haven't even gotten to that. That was an, that was another. Just boneheaded move by Tony Larusa right there. Another one where I was sitting here going, "What are you doing to not? Okay, you don't pull the trigger on changing pitchers, but you don't have anybody warming up till he's already at his hundredth pitch, and you're in a close game. It doesn't, dude. Is he okay? Like, I'm serious. I'm I'm serious. Is he all right? Does somebody need to check on Tony Larusa right now? And that's the. At some point, I've been wondering, like, is he just not paying attention? Yes. Th- that's my that's my issue. Like, dude, yeah, you're you're all right. So fine, you want to stick with Cease? He just struck out 
Mookie Betts with the bases loaded. Now there's two outs. Okay. Okay. I'm with you here. Or was there one? No, there was two outs at that point. Yeah, he strikes out Mookie Betts, and he studied that himself. Oh, he just struck out Mookie Betts. Like, okay, yeah, fine. You want to give him one more batter at that point? Fine. Whatever. But then the next guy up, Cody, was it, was it Bellinger up next? Yeah, I think it was. I get mixed up with all these good freaking hitters in their lineup. Yeah, yeah I think it was Bellinger. So many was good guys, you get them mixed up. Yeah. So, or no, it was either Bellinger or was it Freeman? It doesn't matter. A really good hitter was up next. And, and, Hits a double. It's a two-run double. It's like, okay, it's four to two. Cease just gave up a couple runs that weren't necessarily his fault. He's at 100 pitches now. He, you, have to, you had to have had a guy up when Mookie Betts was at the plate. That's yeah. my point. That you had to have a sense. guy warming up so that if Mookie, Mookie Betts gets out and then the next guy hits a double like he did, you got to get him out of there. You can't, you can't let him work another guy after that. They, they, they might have to overcome their injury, but as, as they say, a lot of ball left, Adam, and I don't think, I don't think this season is over by any means. Again, the, the, the Braves were in as deep as a hole as, as the Sox are now later in the season, and they came back and, and won that division and won their World Series. And the Washington Nationals were off to a terrible start just, just three years ago and came back and won that World Series. I think this is as talented, if not a more talented team, than either of those that I just mentioned. And by the way, I see your texts and your tweets calling for Ozzie Guillen to come back and manage the Chicago White Sox. I don't know if that's happening, but I do know that he'll be on with Mully and Haw tomorrow morning at 7.20 right here on 670 The Score. Right after this, continue the White Sox talk with Vinny Duber. He covers the White Sox for CHGO Sports, and he'll join me, Rami Makhlouf, next right here on The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 35th pitch coming for Hudson. That is strike three. And this ball game finally after comeback attempt after comeback attempt and wild turn is over we're back live with more rami mcloth on 670 the score in odyssey station that was the call today on nbc sports chicago and a frustrating day for white Sox fans as they fall to the dodgers 11 to 9, been talking a lot of White Sox with you this afternoon, and I'm going to talk some White Sox with a guy who does that for a living, or at least writes about him for CHGO Sports, and you can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. It is Vinny Duber, otherwise that'd be weird. Vinny, how are you this afternoon, my man? I'm doing very well. How are you today? Good. Uh, confused. I'm going to have trouble sleeping tonight after I watch Tony LaRusa call an intentional walk with two strikes. And I... What I've been trying to get all show, Vinny, was I'm a guy who, when when we do the armchair manager thing, even if I disagree with the move, I'll go, well, yeah, but I see why he did that. I I can't I can't hear. Can you make it not defend it, but can you make it make sense what we saw today with Trey Turner and then leading to the Max Muncy three run homer? I can try. I can at least tell you what Tony told us after the okay. game. Uh, I think it comes down to this. Uh, I think what everybody is most confused about is the count. You got a yeah. guy down one, two. Why are you intentionally walking him down one, two? I think it came down to that once the situation turned into Freddie Freeman standing at second base and there's nobody at first, walk him. I think had Freddie Freeman been on second base for the start of that at bat, that perhaps the intentional walk would have come when it was 0-0. I think that uh, Trey Turner has been so, so good this year. You know, Tony LaRusso knows that. We all know that. Everybody that follows baseball knows that he has been fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's why they didn't want to give him a chance to hurt them. That being said, you saw that for three pitches, they gave him a chance to hurt them, right? But I think they'd rather, you know, pass on the chance for him to hurt them when there's already a runner in scoring position. To put a runner in scoring position, maybe not. But when there was a runner in scoring position, thanks to the wild pitch, I, I think that's what you know forced the issue there when it comes to facing Max Muncy. Listen, Max Muncy has been a great hitter throughout his career. I think Tony Larusa was looking at the you know the the numbers that Muncy has put up this year, this season. Uh, they have not been great. Obviously, that had something to do with a uh, uh, an injury. Uh, but he just came back from the from 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 being down with that injury. Maybe he's looking at a guy who has not had the the usual success that he has quite yet this season. Whereas Trey Turner has had vast success this season. Again, I'm not trying to defend it, as you said. I'm trying to explain it, and that's what it sounds like uh, the situation was in Tony Larusa's head. Is this? I know this is, I'll, I'll come back to some smaller questions, but I was just talking with my producer, Adam Studzinski, and he said that he hit the panic button or, or threw it, threw in the towel, waved the white flag, however you want to call it on this season about a month ago. And I think it's too early for that, Vinny. I think with, with the injuries and the guys that you're going to get back from the injuries and this division that they're playing, and I think the twins are a good ball club, but not, not world beaters who are going to run away with this division. 
by any means. I think it's way, way too early for that. Is this season is this season lost already? No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, the thing that I've the thing that I've been saying is obviously there's time left. Uh, you can look to some very recent examples of teams that have not just had success but won the World Series. Uh, just last year, the Atlanta Braves were under 500 on August 1st. Uh, I mean, this is this is not unusual uh, in recent seasons for a team to be able to turn it around. It's all about getting hot at the right time. You mentioned the injuries, the guys are coming back. And on top of it all, the White Sox think that they're they're far and away their worst problem right now. The, the offense, that they can't score runs, is due to guys that are not hitting up to their normal levels. And that's one of these days, it's going to turn around. All that being said, every single day, we are further away from it still being early, right? Every single day you get closer to it being too late. Now too late can still be several, you know, weeks, perhaps multiple months away. Um, but every single day you're, you're, you're playing one more game that counts in the standings. Uh, the White Sox can't seem to escape this kind of 500 zone. Obviously they're below it at the moment. Uh, I completely agree with what you said about the twins. I don't think the twins are a team that's going to run away and hide with the AL central. Um, but the White Sox have to show that they're gonna that they're gonna turn things around, that they're going to make a move, uh, make a move, and I don't even mean a literal move like a roster move, but just a move in terms of winning some ball games in order to kind of track the Twins down and pass them. Uh, they still have probably the most talented roster in the division by far, but they're not playing like it, and uh, I, I totally understand the frustration that White Sox fans are feeling. This has been a very disappointing couple of months if for no other reason than the expectations that this team set for itself at the beginning of the season, which it wants to win the World Series. And certainly you can win the World Series just by getting into the dance. You know what I mean? You don't have to uh, be the, the team with the most wins during the regular season in order to win the World Series, but you got to be one of the better teams in baseball. And, and at the end of the day, you have to be the best team in baseball. Uh, and the White Sox are a far cry from that right now. Vinny Duber of CHGO Sports covers the White Sox, my guest here for a few more minutes on 670 to score. If they are going to do what you and I are talking about doing, Vinny, are, are they going to do it despite their manager, in your opinion? Are they, are, they going to, are they going to win and turn this thing around in spite of Tony La Russa? And do you think that this club and this group of guys that they put together with such high hopes and expectations can reach their full potential with him in the manager's seat? To answer the, the, the second part of that question, yes, I do. These guys are very talented uh, nothing that anybody in that clubhouse has said about Tony La Russa would lead me to believe that he is encumbering them in any way from a, okay. from a, when it comes to, you know, obviously what the, the big question when he was hired was, Oh, can he mesh with Tim Anderson? He's an old school guy. Tim Anderson is the face of the new school. What is that going to be like? Are they going to butt heads? Tim Anderson has had nothing but positive things to say about the way Tony runs this team and runs this clubhouse. Um, I understand where, where frustration comes from. Certainly fans are going to look at the manager in any situation in any year. I think the White Sox could be undefeated at this point, and there would still be daily complaints about the way the lineup is constructed. That's how baseball fandom works, and, and I encourage it to keep going because that's part of the fun. As Tony, by the way, will tell you himself, um, when it comes to these criticisms, he says, listen, it, I would way rather have people – second-guessing me and criticizing me, then have them not care at all. And, and certainly that makes sense, and that's true. Um, I think that a thing that, like the thing that happened today is 
somewhat unfairly viewed through the lens of everyone's already mad at Tony. Um, and so I think that when something, when something comes along where you can uh, uh, justifiably criticize a, a move that happens, and in, and in this case or, or any other case might be a move that costs the team the game, it rings a little hollow because every, every time anybody strikes out, it's Tony's fault. Or every time anybody makes an error in the field, it's Tony's fault. And the, the, the biggest problems with this White Sox team are not a direct result of managerial decisions during the game. It is guys like Yasmani Grandal, guys like Yoan Moncada, and, and there are several others. Josh Harrison comes to mind. Gavin Sheets comes to mind. Guys who are being paid to hit and hit big, and they are doing nothing close to it. Obviously, Aloy Jimenez is on the IL right now. Tim Anderson's on the IL. When they come back, this lineup's going to look a lot better. But it's only going to look good enough to win if these guys who have been struggling so deeply can turn things around. The White Sox are not going to win the World Series with Yohan Moncada and Yasmani Grandal hitting under 200. And that is not Tony's fault. That being said, I understand people look around at what happened in Anaheim. People look around at what happened in Philadelphia and say, disappointing team, disappointing start with such high hopes. The, the buck stops with the manager, right? And, and I understand that that, that is a, a way to look at things. My question is, if Tony La Russa, you know, were to lose his job, what, how does that make the White Sox better tomorrow? Is, is Yasmani Grandal like some oh, – yeah, Sorry, go ahead. go ahead. Didn't mean to step on you there, Vinny. Go ahead. No, I was just yeah, – I, I think, you know – is, are they better tomorrow? If he's gone, does that mean Grandal's hitting better? If he's gone, does that mean Moncada's hitting better? If he's gone, is Jake Berger not making an error at third base? Those are the things that I, that I question. Those are the big things because right now, the, the lack of hitting and the lack of scoring, that is what is dragging this White Sox team down. You mentioned Eloy and the injury, and, and today the, the setback that Rick Hahn is saying is, is not a setback in his, in his rehab assignment that was, that was put on pause for the time being. How much do you think he he helps when when he comes back and goes back and and enters the middle of that lineup? But and the the second part of that is, can you can you count on this guy? And it's it's bad luck, whatever you want to call it. But there there's a trend happening with six stints on the IL. And do the White Sox have to start wondering, okay, what's what's Plan B if we can't count on on Eloy Jimenez to to stay healthy for for any length of time? It's a worthy question uh, because certainly the, the, the history now speaks for itself. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is, too, that they need all the help they can get offensively. And so I think that they will uh, put as many eggs in the Eloy basket as they, as they can at the moment because this is a guy who White Sox fans well know from watching him play in, in what has been a brief major league career so far. He can hit, and he can hit the ball a long way, and he can be a big part of of big offensive production for a team that desperately needs it right now. Um, getting him back is a big deal whenever it is going to happen here in the coming weeks. Um, it, it is a worthy question. Can they count on him? Can they rely on him? That to me seems like a, it seems like a better question for the long term because they've already invested in this guy, but you're right. I mean, it, he could, he could, put this behind him and then one day he's running the bases and, and something else could go wrong. Certainly we've seen that happen in years past. I do think it's bad luck. Uh, I, I don't think it's anything that he is doing or not doing certainly to, to that, that ends up uh, with this, but it's bad luck at such a frequency that uh, it has become a problem. I think right now though, with the way the White Sox are built, 
he is a very important part of this team. And, and 2020, he won a silver slugger. To put that kind of bat into a lineup that really, really needs some help right now, uh, you can't discount it. And I think him coming back and Tim Anderson, who when he's been healthy this year has just been phenomenal, uh, comes back. It's going to be a different looking lineup, and it has to be a different looking lineup if they're going to start winning some games. What has to change about about this offense for them to to consistently and, and sustainably produce runs? Because we've seen this Jekyll or Hyde feast or famine type of offense for a couple of years now. It, do you think it's something has to change in terms of personnel, or do you think this is an overhaul in approach and strategy when they step into the batter's box? I think personnel-wise, the only real place you can look at and say there, there, you know, really might need to be something done is second base. And of course, you know, Josh Harrison's come up with some hits in the last few games. Uh, he's got a triple today. Um, you know, he's a guy who, who like all the others that they keep talking about, certainly could turn it around at some point. Um, he, that is a signing that to this point has not produced results and you could see maybe that being an area of focus as the summer goes on in terms of you know going outside the organization perhaps for 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 an upgrade um but really it comes down to this is a team that has not done a lot of rallying and a team that has not put up a lot of crooked numbers now again they did today they scored nine runs you know but in a losing effort uh they need to to make uh big innings more of a norm for them and, and that's been difficult because you know maybe you'll get somebody on base but then you've got a guy like Moncada who's struggling so deeply and it kind of break things up Grandal the same way they need to get these guys uh you know out of the basement at the very least and and able to do something productive um you've you've got guys here who are are built to rally I mean this is a this is an offense that we all thought was going to be one that would give pitchers nightmares, and it has been anything but so far. So they really need to do that. In terms of approach, I think they know what the approach needs to be. Sometimes they've had trouble kind of threading the needle uh, to, to find really the, the perfect balance between being patient and being aggressive. Um, but it, it mostly comes down to situational hitting. You know, get the guys that get on base in. They've, they've had a lot of trouble with that this year. They are, have the fewest walks in baseball. That really needs to change. And, uh, you know, like I said, stringing hits together, creating rallies, and, and, and really making it so they're not an easy one, two, three out uh, every inning because we've seen far too many innings where that's been the case where you, you'll blink and you'll miss the White Sox offense sometimes. That's Vinny Duber. Check out his work covering the White Sox for CHGO Sports. Follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber and my guest for the last few minutes here on The Score. Vinny, appreciate the time and the insight, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Have a good one. And he joins me on The Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. The White Sox have eaten up the majority of the two hours I have with you tonight, and rightly so when you have a situation and a game like you did today. But there is a Cubs trade rumor out there and a Bulls trade rumor out there. And I want to see if I can address them both in the last segment I have with you this evening on 670 The Score right after this. First pitch on the way. Contreras swings, drills one deep to left. Look up. This is long gone. A monster home run by Wilson Contreras to lead off the fifth inning. Number 10 on the year for Contreras. We're back live with more Rami McLaugh on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Zach Zaidman with the call right here on 670 The Score, your home for Chicago Cubs baseball. I am Rami McLaugh along with Adam Studzinski here with you 
on a Thursday evening for a few more minutes. I mentioned before the break a Cubs rumor and a Bulls rumor. I just wanted to touch on real quick before I wrap things up here. And and the first one was the man that you just heard right there putting the ball over the wall in Wilson Contreras, who is just tearing the cover off the ball this year for the Cubs. Right now, slash line of 276, 401, 515, nine homers. It's a career offensive season, and they they did just avoid arbitration with him, so that's cool. But there is, there's, of course, the question looming over Contreras and the Cubs of whether or not they, they give him a, a contract at the end of this season or, or, or let him enter free agency. And honest, I mean, look, I love Wilson Contreras, man, and I don't want this, this rebuild to take as long as the last one did. I'm not, I don't want a four or a five year rebuild for this Cubs team, but at the same time, like I'm, I'm a sucker. You know what I mean? I'm a sucker. I'm a Cubs fan. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. It's not like I'm going to stop being a fan of this team. So ultimately, what I hope is is that whatever course they decide to take, that they do it right and that they do it smart and that they that they do it wisely. And if I think that this Wilson Contreras situation is going to tell us what they have in mind for this rebuild. And again, I don't want the long, drawn-out, three, four, five-year rebuild. So if they do sign him this year, give him a contract extension... To me, that signals that they, they they plan on contending soon and probably spending some more money in free agency this this coming off season. I think that's that's what that would signal, and that's the course that I prefer to take. If they trade him, then I think that that tells us that this thing this this is a long term plan, and we are we are in for a long haul here in terms of getting this thing back. Hopefully to contender status. And again, while that's not what I want, because I'm going to be a fan and I'm going to keep rooting for this team, no matter what they do, because I'm an idiot, because that's that's the nature of being a fan. We just root for laundry. And no matter what what they do, we're going to keep rooting for that laundry. It, it doesn't make sense if this is going to be a long rebuild and only ends up setting you back in the long haul with a guy on the back end of a contract who's not worth the money anymore to invest in Wilson Contreras right now. So if it's a long-term rebuild that we're looking at, yeah, I guess it makes sense to go ahead and trade him right now. He'll pro- his, his stock value will probably never be higher than this with the way that he's swinging the bat. We know what he brings behind the plate with the glove and the arm. So if it's going to be a long, drawn-out rebuild, then go ahead and trade him while the, val- while the stock value is high. But if, if they do plan on contending next year, and it's just that they don't want to shell out enough money for Wilson Contreras. That's the one scenario in all this that's kind of going to piss me off. And then I'm not going to be ha- If they trade Wilson Contreras and then this offseason go out and make a couple more big big money free agent signings that indicate that, yeah, we're trying to win right now in 2023, I'm going to be sitting there going, well, why isn't Wilson Contreras part of this then? You were just too cheap to pay him what he's worth, to pay him like a, like a top-shelf catcher in this league. That's the one. That's the one scenario that's going to piss me off. If their actions now don't jibe with whatever it is that we're going to see this offseason and moving forward, and how long this rebuild is going to take. So that's where I am with Wilson Contreras. I know it's really wishy-washy, and you want hard takes and opinions from your sports talk radio host, but I can kind of go either way and understand why they would make 
either move in that scenario. The other trade rumor I want to address, and this is the Chicago Bulls, this Rudy Gobert thing, I don't want anything to do with Rudy Gobert. I don't know about you guys. I don't I don't think Rudy Gobert fixes the Chicago Bulls and, and what we saw them. I, 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 I know he, that he's a defensive specialist, and what what ailed the Bulls last year largely was defense and interior defense, and fine, great, he fixes that. But that's not, at the end of the day, ultimately, what stops this Bulls from being championship caliber. And I said this all season last season, whenever I got a chance to, to get on these airwaves on 670 score, and it's always an honor and a pleasure as a Chicago native and a scorehead growing up, but every time I'd get on the airwaves throughout this 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 season that's that's wrapping up right now with the finals between the Celtics and the Warriors, I tried to tell people even even when this team was at its hottest and DeMar DeRozan was doing MVP things, I was I was saying, "Look man, this is good. This is fun. This is better than it's been in a long time and we should enjoy it. But pump your brakes on any championship talk and pump your brakes on DeMar DeRozan being a, 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 a top-flight superstar or a real MVP candidate. Because he's not, and they're not, and they never were. Because this league is a superstar-driven league, and the Bulls simply don't have that. I just don't think DeMar DeRozan is that. I don't even think that Zach Levine, if they can keep him around, is that. The thing that's separating the Bulls from the Celtics of the world and the Warriors of the world and the Bucks of the world and other contenders that you want to talk about, it's not that they don't have a defensive stopper like a Rudy Gobert. This ain't even about that I'm so enthralled with Patrick Williams. I could take or leave Patrick Williams if the right trade came along. But I, Rudy Gobert does not put you on another level as, as an NBA franchise and as a contender. It, does, it doesn't improve your contender status at all. All you're doing is swapping the identity of a second-tier NBA team. You're not you're not entering the championship talk in any way shape or form by bringing in Rudy Gobert. Not even not even a little bit. And don't we already have Vucevic and I am not in love with Vucevic either, but just what what exactly is the plan here in bringing in Rudy Gobert? How does that fix what this team how does that bring them to another level in terms of their chances of being being a championship caliber basketball team? And, and really entering that conversation. Because I never thought that they were in that last year, and I don't think that they'll be in that this year unless they find a way to get a superstar in. And I don't, I don't know who that guy is. I don't know how they get him here. I've seen Anthony Davis rumors. I've seen Zion Williamson rumors. I don't know if any of those things are true or something that could happen or if that's just Instagram people having fun with their graphics. But if you get one of those guys in, even... Even with the injury problems that they have, I'd run that risk just on the off chance that that they come here and can stay healthy and reach those ceilings and carry this Bulls team to being a real contender. Because as good as this team is, as much as I like this team and I like the direction that the organization is headed, you're not going to really be in that conversation until you have a superstar player. So save up your trade chips and wait until somebody who actually changes the, the fortunes of this franchise and, 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 and you can pull, a, pull the trigger on a move like that. Rudy Gobert does nothing for me whatsoever. And again, this isn't because I'm in love with what they have now. 
in Vooch or Patrick Williams or, or anything else when we talk about the big men. It's just that that guy, he just changes the complexion of this team. He just changes the way in which you're a second-tier, second-rate basketball team who's going to be fun and competitive and make the playoffs but not have any real chance to win a championship. You just, it's, just, it's just not. And he's, no, he's not a superstar. Somebody said, I don't want to touch Zion in the text line. Uh, what about Rudy as a teammate? Yeah, there, there are questions about that as well. I feel like if you can't get along with Donovan Mitchell, that's a you problem. You know what I mean? Donovan Mitchell seems like a pretty, pretty easygoing, relaxed, fun dude. And if, if you can't get along with Donovan Mitchell, I think, that, I think that's something going on w- with you as a teammate more than it is with Donovan Mitchell. And I'll be honest with you, I'm still kind of salty about the whole rubbing the microphones thing when, when COVID first came on the scene and people were like, hey man, this could be real serious and a really big problem. And Rudy Gobert was like, oh, you think so? Let me cough and touch all the microphones and give a bunch of reporters COVID. Like that's still, I still want nothing to do with that guy because of that. I never understood the idea of being defiant to a virus. Like who, who you're picking a fight with a virus, bro? What, exa- what exactly are you doing here? And I don't. that makes me question all your judgment on the basketball court and otherwise. So, no, man, I, I think I'm good. I think I'm good on, on the Rudy Gobert talk, and I, I really I don't want anything to do with that. Just, I'm, I'm good. It doesn't make you more of a championship contender whatsoever, and the dude just brings some baggage here that I'm, I'm not looking to add to this Bulls team. They got a good thing. They got a good vibe going. And I don't know if Rudy Gobert helps that. If anything, he probably hurts it. Our thanks to Cam Ellis. Covers the Bears for 670 to score. Join me to talk some Bears in hour number one. And Vinny Duber, White Sox beat writer for CHGO Sports. And also thanks to my producer on the ones and twos. Doing a fine job tonight in producing up this program. Adam Studzinski. And thanks to all of you for listening. I'm Robbie Makloff saying... Thanks for listening to Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score, and I'll talk to you next time. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.